Welcome to an informative and hilarious podcast hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty and Stephen Dickey from WOW, Women of Wrestling. In the worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling, both tell stories while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. Uh, I'm your host, Mitch Adams, as usual. Unfortunately, this week, my regular co-host, Stephen Dickey, is away with responsibilities with Women of Wrestling Superstars, but it's all good. I've got a special uh, guest here today. Somebody uh, I've known for a while now is on my uh, Facebook group, Harley Quinn Means. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Rochelle Horton. How you going, Rochelle? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Pleasure to have you on uh, the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome. Today, ladies and gents, we're going to be discussing... Well, usually we discuss uh, uh, both comic books and pro wrestling, but uh, dear Rochelle, I ha- I, despite my best efforts, I haven't been able to get her into wrestling. So today <laughs> we're just going to be discussing comic books for the most part. And today it's going to be a very special episode. It's going to be the evolution of female characters in comic books, in comic book related media, TVs, movies, you name it. You know, it's been a long hard slog for female characters, uh, you know, just from you know the old trope of just being the eye candy or the superhero's girlfriend. And now we you know we have billion dollar movies with for starring female superheroes. So I'm just gonna open the floor to Rachel to give her thoughts about um, uh, all the changes that we've seen and all the amazing things happening with uh, female superheroes. So up to you, Rochelle. Oh, well, I've actually, been doing a, a little bit of googling on this because uh, you know I, I'm fairly young so I wasn't there when the first comic book was written uh, but how old do you think I am <laughs> <laughs> well I don't think you were either but you know I'm I'm sure there's some people out there who remember the first Wonder Woman issue and uh, oh, yeah you know, I can only imagine how cool that was mm. uh, but she was actually the very first a superhero to get her own standalone comic who wasn't just the eye candy or the secretary um, mm. as you were talking about um, her comic came out in 1942 uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting but you know before that you had the Archie comics and stuff like that mm. and uh, I just went blank on their names Betty and Veronica that's what it was uh, you know they were fighting over Archie and stuff but Wonder Woman was the first badass who went out there and actually uh, took charge. And uh, but it, it did take a while before females actually got a foothold. Uh, while I was looking at it, you know, the next superhero wasn't until Supergirl, and even then she premiered in Action Comics. She didn't get her own comic for a while, um, and then of course you have Marvel Girl in X Men. Uh, but she, even she was kind of nerfed at the beginning. Uh, I didn't realize this, but she only had telekinesis when she first premiered. Yeah, and uh, as the story as the story progressed, she became um, Jean Grey, and she became um, yeah, she became uh, Phoenix, and then she became Dark Phoenix. So, yeah, um, 
but it probably wasn't until uh, the 70s. Uh, it was actually Chris Claremont who re-envisioned, uh, you know, Marvel Girl and turned her into Jean Grey, well, she turned her into the Phoenix and then Jean Grey, and uh, he was responsible for making uh, Miss Marvel into the cool action hero that she was, and there were several others, uh, Kitty Pride, and, and all of those that he got his hands into and actually made into the icons we see today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. One thing that's always struck me was, um, in the 70s, obviously, you know, it was the throw of, you know, the, the birth of the feminist movement. So obviously comic books, you know, took a cue from there. And so we got all these stories. But it's interesting that you mentioned Wonder Woman. There was at the time, I don't know if you know this, this is how much of a geek, geek historian I am. But in the 70s, they actually did this thing with Wonder Woman that they took away all her powers and that she had to uh, learn how to become a crime fighter without them. And she had to learn judo and she had to learn all this stuff. Because at the time, the men who were writing the comic book thought that was what, you know, female readers would want to see in, you know, the feminist era America. It turns out it was the exact opposite. Women, uh, readers, feminists, and even male readers at the time were furious that they did that. So, Yeah, uh when I was going through, they had a lot of issues uh, trying to figure out exactly what women wanted. Uh, you know, you have all these guys writing, go figure. They can't yeah, figure out what women that's, want. That's, that's that's the problem. I freely admit that's the problem. So. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the thing about Wonder Woman and why she was so popular, uh, I mean, there was obviously a guy involved, but he actually took inspiration from his wife to create her uh not just his wife his wife and his wife's girlfriend i mean if you ever oh yeah the thruple yeah if you uh, um if you ever um look up the race uh, the history of the creation of wonder woman uh you should really look into that guys because um it's a fairly interesting story i mean the the psychiatrist i'm blanking on his name this is very bad i'm going to regret this afterwards but uh he had a he had a very he was very ahead of his time, shall we say. Him, him, his wife, and his wife's girlfriend. Let's just put it at that. William Marston was his name. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I have it written here in a little note. I thought that was cool because uh, he was talking about it and he was like, yeah, I, I, you know, took the inspiration from my wife. And then I guess maybe something else was based on the girlfriend because he was talking about how powerful she was and how he got that mm. from his wife. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting and definitely, um, you know, an internet hole you want to dive into. Oh yeah, it, it's it's an interesting subject. I think they've made, I think they even made a bio biopic about it somewhere. Um, uh, Doctor Doctor Marston and the Wonder Women, I think it was called. That they delved yeah into yeah their whole their whole life story, which is an absolutely fascinating film, and I would suggest everybody listening hunt it up. So yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when Chris Claremont got his hands on it uh, and he started writing uh, these big arcs for the superheroes, and, and I don't know that he did the Phoenix Saga. Uh, I think I'm trying I to remember think when that, that, that was, that was uh, Stan, Lee and, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. That, okay. Okay. That, that was that was during their 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 hottest period in the seventies and eighties where they could do no wrong. So, 
Right. Um, but yeah, that came after uh, Claremont was writing about, you know, changing all the heroes and stuff. And, uh, yeah. and then they gave her Phoenix and uh, just kind of really changed it into more of a powerful uh, superheroine who could do whatever she wanted and yeah. didn't need a, a man in tights around to boss her around. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite, it, 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 you know, I, I just, uh, you know, Marvel and DC, uh, I think for a, for a while, Marvel in the 70s and even to the 80s, they did a much better job with their female characters. So, I, because, you know, DC had Wonder Woman and Supergirl, but that was about it. It wasn't until like the, um, really the late 80s, early 90s that DC, you know, really put in the effort in, they, you know, did a, um, obviously, obviously our favourite character, Harley Quinn, but also, um, you know, uh, the Canaries, uh, 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 Birds of Prey, you know, all those wonderful female characters from DC, so. Yeah, I, I think because they had a lot of success with uh, Wonder Woman and uh, later on Supergirl, they kind of used that as a crutch. Yeah, I agree. And uh, they, they never really developed the others into their own. And, and Marvel was a lot slower with the females. You know, they, um, they didn't really have independent females because you had a Marvel Girl with the X-Men and then you had Invisible Girl with Fantastic Four, but you didn't have those solo That's true. Heroes. That's, a That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but so they, they did end up playing catch-up. Yeah. But, well, but, yeah, but what I mean was that Marvel did have more more female characters in their lines is what I meant to so. say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think they did that because they um, hopped on the bandwagon, yeah, so exactly. to speak. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, yeah, but DC, DC didn't really really put a lot of effort in creating new female characters until the late 80s, early 90s. And, and now, at the minute, if you look at all the um, DC properties in film and TV, I think they... It, I think still even now outnumber Marvel. So, oh really? That's cool. Yeah, I think so. If you look at you know obviously Supergirl, Batwoman, uh, half the cast of Legends of Tomorrow, um, half the cast of now cancelled Arrow. Um, I hope that they do that Arrow spinoff with uh, Oliver Queen's daughter. I, I think it was Green Arrow and the Canaries. They did a backdoor pilot in the last season. I hope that gets picked. I hope that gets picked up. So, and obviously in the films, you have Wonder Woman, but um, you also have uh, uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn with the Birds of Prey films and the Suicide Squad and, and all that stuff. So I think even now they still do. I think with Marvel, it's mostly uh, either Captain Marvel or Black Widow, which is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, and there are others on the Marvel line, obviously, but at the minute, those are the only ones that immediately come to mind. So I think Marvel needs to do a bit more catching up on that area as well, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I think they fell into when Iron Man was a success, exactly. they didn't really expect it to blow up the way that it did. No, it um, so they've used him in Captain America for a while. And, and now mm. that we've seen their deaths in the movies, um, yeah. they're going to have to make some more powerful front runners to kind of carry them on. And so hopefully they will put in more women. Um. Well, the big thing about Marvel is, you know, Captain America's gone, but in the Avengers, he's being replaced by Captain Marvel. So that's, that's, that's one. Yeah. I still don't know how I feel about Captain Marvel. I loved her as Miss Marvel. 
Well, that was another thing too. That that uh, that uh, changing from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel happened uh, about 10, 15 years ago from a comic book writer, um, a female comic book writer too. And oh man, I I need to start writing these things down because I've forgotten <laughs> I've forgotten her name as well. But uh, she also helped pin the screenplay for um, Captain Marvel film, and she's a very outspoken feminist, and uh, she uh, she pretty much completely changed the Miss Marvel character and the Carol Danvers and gave her a richer backstory and really, really infused the feminist themes into her character, which shows so much in the film. So that we have her to thank for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel had a bad rap in the beginning. Uh, she mm -hmm. just, they didn't know what to do with her for so yeah, long. Yeah. Um, and because I grew up with the 90s X-Men TV show, yeah. I, I loved that portrayal of her, but she ended up going into a coma because of Rogue. So she didn't really <laughs> go anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do for this um, and, you know, what the next stages are. I haven't read the Captain Marvel comics, uh, but I kind of wish they would have done her own thing rather than revamping the old Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, you know, uh, man, it's just... I, I, th I think it works, but I understand where you're coming from, but I, I, I do think it works. So I'm, I, was, I, was, I was just trying to look up um, the name of the lady who um, recreated Captain Marvel, but like, like, I can't find it at the minute, so this is really going to bother me. But never mind, I'll, I'll, I'll find it later and put it on the thing at, in the post-edit. Um, oh, man, I'm just thinking so much, because I just re-watched um, Birds of Prey uh, uh, the other day. And I was just really, and I still don't know why that movie bombed. It's it was a fantastic movie. So uh, I think they're pushing cliches a bit too hard, uh, and they they fall into that problem whenever you have big superheroes like Harley Quinn, um, mm -hmm. you know that everybody likes, and then all of the jokes are kind of one note because they're just trying to hit that home. Um, you know, she's this independent woman who doesn't need the Joker and all that stuff. And and I haven't watched the whole movie just sitting down, to be honest with you. I've only like watched clips of it and not in the right order. Cause I don't know. I just never sat down and watched it all. Uh, but I noticed that was a problem when I watched it. They just, only really looked at like one facet of her and it was about her being independent of the Joker rather than just her growing as a person. Mm. Uh, but one hero I'm, I'm really hoping they do. And I don't know that they will. And it makes me so sad, but my favorite female superhero is storm. Yeah. I want her to have her own standalone movie. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Well, here's the thing, because um, because Disney obviously bought out 20th Century Fox, who owned the X Men franchise. Um, they're thinking about introducing the X Men into the the MCU, recasting and everything. And if that happens, chances are eventually they'll do the thing where Storm marries Black Panther. And if that happens, I don't. I'm not sure if she ever will get a solo film, which is the bugger of it. So. Yeah, um, and, and that's really sad because Storm is such a powerful character. You know, she's a goddess in her home country. Um, exactly. and, and, you know, I, I get the whole uh, romance with T'Challa and all that, and uh, 
I, I didn't mind it. You know, she's had romances with several different figures, such as Forge and stuff like that. Um, she was rocking the mohawk when she was with Forge. Uh, but I, I just, I just want to see her be her own and kind of come up as a leader because she's, she has been a leader of the X-Men. She's been number two and stuff like that to Colossus. And um, I think that she's exactly what they're looking for. They're just kind of overlooking her. Yeah, absolutely. And I just quickly, I finally found, found the name of the writer that uh, transformed Captain Marvel into what we know today, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Oh, that bothered okay. me. I have to find that. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, that all that, you know. And you're right, it is a shame with um, Storm that, you know, fingers crossed that maybe they'll, they'll, they might wait until Storm gets her own solo film before they introduce that uh, storyline with, you know, marrying T'Challa. So. Yeah. And it, it'll be interested, interesting to see how they do loop in the X-Men since they already restarted all of that with the younger generation through time and stuff like that. Um, and then they introduced her as um, under the Shadow King and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, I feel very bad for the X-Men franchise because um, it was off, it, 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 you know, towards X-Men 3 and X-Men Wolverine, it had a rough, rough, rocky start. Then they, you know, as you said, they brought in the younger generation with first class and it got them the franchise back on track. Then we had uh, the first, uh, no, the second solo Wolverine movie, which was much better, where that set up the absolutely brilliant days of future past. I mean, that was brilliant. That was great. Yeah. Then went downhill again with Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. I mean, they had two goes to get the Dark Phoenix storyline right, and they buggered it up both times. <laughs> so, I think it's. I think it's just one of those. Um you know, it's, it's hard to bring it justice. Uh, and cause we, we all either read it in the comics or, um, I, my introduction to the dark Phoenix again was X-Men, uh, the animated series. Mm. And they did so well with those characters. Like how do you make it different, but the same, Yeah, you want it to be powerful. Um, and, and I think it's just hard cause you're looking at it through the lens of when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one way they might do it now is because um, the X-Men versus Avengers uh, limited edition comic series that came out a few years ago, which was a massively huge success um, in that comic book, uh, Jean Grey has, uh, has obviously been dead for several years and uh, uh, Cyclops Scott discovers a new young mutant that has Jean's powers and uh, you know, thinks that, the Phoenix Force will go into her, but instead it goes into every other X-Men, and as a result, the X-Men and the Avengers go to war, which is the basic plot line. I think if they were to do a version of that in the MCU, but actually keep Jean Grey there, for Jean Grey to perhaps come Dark Phoenix first and then die and transfer the powers to uh, the rest of the X-Men, that might be some way to do it, some sort of justice. I don't know. So That'd be cool. Um, definitely a different aspect of the same story. Hmm. Exactly. Well, the thing, well, the thing of it is people, even if you're not a big comic book reader, you, if you've ever seen the, the old X-Men movies, where you got the basic idea of the st of the plot, the basic, right. the basic background. So you don't, it's like, it's like, you know, when they redo Batman and Spider-Man movies, you already know the origin story by now. You don't really need to delve into it too, too deeply. So. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think sometimes they take that for granted because they try to start back at the beginning mm. and, you know, create this whole thing um, with the characters, and which, I mean, they did a fantastic job with Spider-Man. I love Tom Holland. He's great. Um, but yeah. you don't always need to do that. Because with Captain Marvel, for example, I mean, she had her standalone and stuff, but they just kind of threw her into the Avengers with a, a brief introduction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, well, they, well, they threw her in because um, they knew they had to, eventually they had to replace Captain America and Iron Man because Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Chris Evans' contracts were up and they said they weren't going to renew. So they had to, they had to rush and they figure, okay, let's, let's bring in Captain Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we think about things, you know, five years in advance. Oh, that should be easy to plan for, but not when you're planning a whole freaking universe. Oh, and <laughs> you know, they and they scrap spending, together. Yeah, and you're spending billions and billions of dollars making it. So. Right, yeah. I, no, I, it's, I, it's no easy feat. Yeah, I, I would not want Kevin Feige's job. For, 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 not, <sighs> that not, poor guy. <laughs> not, 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 for all, not for all of Ned Kelly's Berry Gold will I want that. So. <laughs> If, uh, that's an Australian reference. If you don't understand that, it's all good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's just, yeah, female characters have had such a massive... Well, I think it's just a, a, a sign of the times too because the last five, six years, it's become such a, you know, women... I, I, I shouldn't have to tell you this, obviously, but w- women seem to be at, at the forefront of everything now and as, as they should be. So it just seems like a natural progression society-wise. So... Yeah, and, and I definitely have to say, um, you know, the last time we had a, a research in a feminism was in the 70s, and uh, they did, I mean, just a terrible job. Some of, some of the characters they created to appease the feminists were just, just awful um, caricatures, basically, of what they thought feminists were. And I, I think they are doing a lot better job. And, you know, we're seeing more of that. And, of course, people are going to complain because it's different. And, um, Man, but, right. but, well, I mean, I've had my problems here and there. But, you know, yes. I'm, I'm just a southern redneck. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, again, you know, I grew up with certain things. And I want to see them. And, and I'm coming to terms now that, they have to do it differently. They can't do it the same over and over again. Cause that gets boring. Yeah. Um, and, and who knows, they, they still supposedly are doing the black widow movie. Um, and then did there's a, a new wonder woman. Did it come out already or is it coming out? Uh, it's coming it, uh, The black widow movie and the second wonder woman movie have both been delayed because just like every other movie has been delayed right now because of uh, COVID. Okay. So, so we, we, we have no idea when that's coming out. I mean, Di- uh, yeah. he's releasing the Mulan remake at, on Disney Plus with a thirty dollar price tag, which I don't think anybody. But 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 they might they might go that uh, route with Black Widow to yeah to, to get to get it out there because it's chances are if, if they want to put it into cinemas it won't happen until next year. So right. Well, I know they definitely have merchandise out for uh, the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, yeah. That's why I was confused because I've seen renewed clips of it i guess yeah. um so maybe they're just trying to keep the interest in until they can yeah, yeah. release it but well, they, they might they might release it on hbo max too so we just don't know i mean they might not want to wait so it's just there's a million things that could happen till now and then so well i hope they do because i finally have hbo max <laughs> 
Well, well, there is no HBO Max in America. You know, uh, pay TV here still has to buy all HBO programs and movies individually. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I am watching Doom Patrol though, and you want to talk about some interesting uh, female figures? Yeah, they, I still haven't seen the second season of that either. Mm-hmm. That, uh, oh, that's not coming out till next month here. Oh, wow. No, the last episode aired um, last week, actually. They cut it early, so it's more of a cliffhanger than people wanted, but Don't I thought it was spectacular. <laughs> uh, no spoilers, no spoilers. I just, I thought they did um, a really good job because um, these are flawed people. Yeah, and they they kept up with that, and and I appreciate that. As someone who else is very flawed, I like to see that on television yeah, more. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, that is the one, uh, you know, constant um, criticism of the new female superhero characters is that they're too perfect. That, 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 that you know, so that, and sometimes I agree with that and sometimes I really don't, but, you know, it, I, I can understand the thinking there, so. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants a Mary Sue, um, and there's there's a male version of it too, but I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I also call them Mary yeah. Sue. Uh, I, I think it's Gary's too, but yeah, something, something oh, like that. Um, but you know, I, I think it just happens. Um, or we realize it more maybe with females, uh, because I you think, always have, yeah, I think, I think that that's it because the Mary Sue tags kind of been co-opted by every kind of misogynistic, sexist, ass, you know, not nice person, um, on the internet now. So it's just, you know, it, well, every, every female character is referred to that now, which is BS. So. Yes. But on the same side, you, you have people like Superman. Oh yeah. That that, Superman that. has been so OP for so long. <laughs> people forget that he couldn't fly at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, like his powers have really transformed. So, you know, when you have another male superhero like that, you're like, Oh, he's just another Superman. Mm. And, um, you know, but who knows, maybe someday there'll be, you know, just another wonder woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as I mean, uh, all these characters, you know, the, the, the stories have been rewritten and retold for e- eons now. So they're always going to be rewritten and retold with the times. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just that's just the con- that's just the consequence of it, and for some reason, at the minute, uh, female characters can't be all that flawed, which I don't quite quite get. But um, at the same time, you know, some uh, I, I can understand if the thinking to, for writing them like that, they want to present, you know, a, such a strong female character to shut you know sexist up. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I get it, um, but at the same time, like. I don't know. I guess I feel like it's just a cop out because they they write it one or two ways. Either she's all powerful and she can do no wrong and nothing is a challenge to her, or she has to go to a man for help. Yeah, I know that, that they should. Like, why isn't there's a middle ground there? Yeah, I know. They should look to characters like they should characters like Harley Quinn and and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jessica Jones is a wonderful one of my favorite yeah, female great. superhero characters because she is really flawed she's an alcoholic she's got ptsd and no but but she still kicks ass so yeah yeah and and she comes on her own i mean she has other people there but she takes it on as a solo mission Um, absolutely so that's that yeah yeah, she's great yeah more characters like her would, would be nice so definitely 
definitely. And I'm I'm really sad that they canceled all the those series on Netflix. Oh well, what happened there was unfortunately um uh, Disney Marvel's parent company was uh, starting their own streaming service Disney Plus, and they didn't want to pay Netflix to produce shows anymore. So that's why those series unfortunately got got oh. canned. Oh, I totally understand. I mean, I get it from from a business standpoint. They made the right call, but I just love those characters and I love the way Netflix was introducing them. And I, I really wish they could have kept them going. Um, but unfortunately, they couldn't because Netflix wasn't about to give up a good money maker like that. No, absolutely. And and it's an absolute shame because I was really fond of Daredevil and Punisher and, and, and all those shows. Luke Cage was a particular favorite of mine as well. I thought that was quite good, so... Oh yeah, he was solid. Um, and and even Iron Fist was starting to get more of a footing. Uh, he had yeah. a rough first season, yeah. um, but you know, yeah, but they it, were really good. It, it did it did definitely improve the second season. I think. Well, I think the um, the Defenders crossover did a lot for the Iron Fist character and, and for the writing of the second season of that show. So, well, and. Uh, Colleen Wong, I think, is is what the girl. It's been a while since I've watched it, but yeah. um, she was coming into her own too, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think she helped balance him out. Yeah. Uh, she was a really good supporting character. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it was more by second season. She was more co-laid, to be honest with you. She 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 well, seemed yeah. to she seemed to uh, get equal um, screen time and seemed to really, uh, as you say, measure measure him out a bit and got him a to be a bit more interesting and a bit more complex, so. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. What's, what's your uh, your opinion on Batwoman? I don't think I've talked to you about that yet. No, I was, I mean, I really loved the first season. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Ruby Rose fan and I'm trying to support my fellow Wazzies in Hollywood. <laughs> Bias. <laughs> you know, maybe a little, but you know, I don't know why you're shocked. I mean, there are more there are more Aussies in Hollywood than Jewish people right now to use the old jokes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I oh mean, what, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, um, uh, I really love the first season, and I'm I understand that Ruby Rose has left the show for personal reasons, but the idea of you know getting rid of her character and creating a new one that's just going to cause major problems for the second season because pretty much every single character on that show is invested in the character of Kate Kane of Batwoman. And so I have no idea. Every storyline is investment is, is, is the other characters invested in her. So I have no idea how they're going to, um, you know, just cast all that aside with this new character. It seems like a massively undertaking. I think they should have just recast, but that's just me. I mean, I get, I get your point, but at the same time, we now associate Kate Kane with Ruby Rose. Yeah. Um, and so it really is a hard place for them to have to recast. Um, but I, I was reading an article talking about, uh, you know, who they're going to pick and all this. And I think they've announced somebody now, but yeah, this was before bad. they did. And uh, they had, you know, a couple characters within the show that they could have kind of just pushed up yeah. into that role um and that would have been neat to see and i mean i don't know we'll have to see the next season to see how the new girl does but yeah. i i think it would have been easier 
Yeah, it, it would have been. Oh man, I, I think they, like I said, I think they should have just recast. But you know what? I think perhaps it's sometime in the future they might do something where Ruby Rose makes a guest spot and says, "This is this is what happened to me." Blah blah blah. It's your show now, so I don't know. You know, if they were smart about it, uh, well, and I guess they didn't know, but when they did the universe switch yeah, thing. They, yeah, they should have done the whole change up thing. Yeah. They could have worked it in there and it would have gone yeah, over a lot smoother. That would have, yeah, that would have worked. But that was mid mid uh, season, mid first. Yeah, they, they had no clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I understand why Ruby Rose left the show. I mean, she broke her neck doing stunts and, you know, she, she didn't really enjoy her time in Canada. So, I'm, 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 oh, wow, I didn't realize she broke her neck. Yeah, apparently she did some stunts. She, uh, and she already had uh, uh, spine problems to begin with, apparently, before she even signed on. Like, uh, I think uh, she has, um, I forget what it's called, but she has some back condition and, you know, breaking her neck probably didn't help that too oh, much. Oh, yeah, no. I don't think breaking your neck's good for anybody. No, no. <laughs> Well, it was a minor. It was a minor break, but still, even with a minor uh, neck vertebrae break, you still need to have surgery, and you still need to, you know. So it's. Well, yeah, I mean, and and a lot of people don't realize, or maybe they just don't think about it, but a lot of those actors, even if they have stunt doubles, like they have to be in great physical shape oh, to do these high action movies. Yeah. Um, because you have to do so much of your stunt before they'll switch you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at look at look at Stephen Amell. He he did the um, American Ninja Warrior course, and and uh, just to yeah. come this in, he he's done he's wrestled about five or six pro wrestling matches. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He is a wrestler. Uh, mm. He's he's really impressive. Um, well, he's 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 legitimate athlete. So. Yeah, like the way he he just dove into that, and and he's like. You know, I'm going to be more than just Green Arrow. I'm also going to be this, you know, an athlete, as you said. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Gave gave him more ground as the Green Arrow. Yeah, he's not a pretty face. Yeah, well, true. Well, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they helped somewhat with the female <laughs> youth too. But <laughs> I mean, I wasn't hating his face. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I mean. Oh, I mean, and and that's another thing too. I mean, we talk about you know the, the evolution of female characters. I mean, a lot of the eye candy elements have gone, but some of it still remains. So, and that's and that's another thing too because a lot of I'm sure a lot of female viewers are going to look at you know attractive looking male superheroes too. So, do you get rid of the eye eye candy aspects completely, or do you keep some of it as long as it's not you know objectifying or you know uh, sexist? So. Here's the thing about it being eye candy, because because you're right. Women want to look at, at strong men. My mom, who has never read a comic in her life, watched the Avengers solely so that she could see Captain America and all his muscles. <laughs> that was her whole reason for going. Not because my dad wanted to go, but because she wanted to see Captain America. Um, my mother went to say the Avengers because she has a crush on Robert Downey Jr. She's had for 20 years. So. <laughs> I don't blame her on that one. He's always been my favorite. Uh, but, you know, you you have to realize, like, these are supposed to be beyond human or yeah. peak human at the very least. Yeah. Um, these these are superheroes. They're going to be in the best physiological shape. And, and you know, that's just what it is. So 
you know, to say like women can't be arguing, yeah, they can look good. Um, yeah. I think Gal Gata is uh, extremely attractive, and I think her legs look great in the outfit of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, but she she also the character also proves to be more than just that, yeah. and that's what's important for both both sexes need to have a character that's not just based on looks. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of when the first Suicide Squad came out and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn with those very short top pants. I mean, oh yeah, yes, that was done partially to get me to the cinema, but if you understand the history of the Harley Quinn character, that is something she would wear because it's, you know, something that's, in Margot, Robbie, Margot Robbie's words, it's something that they were sparkly and fun, so... And that's a good point right there, because when I was watching the promos and stuff for it, I was like, oh, my God, they're putting her in these booty shorts. That's all people are going to look at. What the heck? She's such a cool character. Um, but but she did. And the movie owned it. And, uh, you know, in the end, I was like, man, she's she looked awesome. This yeah. is great. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, you know, obviously, obviously, as a bloke, I'm not an expert on this. But maybe the idea is um, she, she, she was wearing the clothes that she liked to wear. She wasn't wearing clothes to get men looking at her, if, if that makes right. sense. So. Well, and I think that's important that, you know, as they do develop these new costumes and stuff, they, they weigh that out. What would the character do? Mm. How would the character transform in today's society? Yeah, I mean, in the Birds of Prey movie, you know, there was a whole thing, of, you know, there was a whole thing about they wanted to get rid of the hot pants completely and all that. And and, and the costumes they, they chose did look like kind of stuff a Harley Quinn would wear, but it did seem like they were going over the top to, to cover her up, so. I need to look at her outfit here. Hmm. Well, uh, she wore a main one. Uh, she wore a couple in uh, um, Birds of Prey, but what the the main one was this um uh, 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 this um gold um overall a gold overall thing and with a pink top. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But but she wore other stuff. She actually she actually did wore um not booty shorts, but she wore um jean shorts that uh, were high but not very high like i said they made an effort to make her look attractive but they didn't they they tried to do it in a way that wasn't showing too much skin and didn't look objectifying and all that stuff so it, it, you know and it, right. and it and i think i think it might have been margot's choice as well because i'm sure those shorts probably wouldn't have been too comfortable to wear for six months so oh goodness she couldn't even have a burger at lunch that poor girl <laughs> yeah but I, yeah yeah yeah, so I, I don't know, man. Like I said, as as a bloke, I as a man, I probably shouldn't be discussing these things. You know, I don't have the frame of proper frame of reference, but you know, that's just seen what it seemed to be the idea. You know what we need? We need a guy superhero in booty shorts. <laughs> just, would, just even the playing field completely. Well, well, well. Um, if you read the comic books, the uh, Harley Quinn has a superhero team called the Gang of Harleys, and there's one character called. Harvey Quinn, who is this uh, LGBT uh, character who does wear the booty shorts. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, so that that's one thing I hope that that they do at some point too. If they're doing all these um, Harley Quinn shows, and obviously with the Harley Quinn amazing Harley Quinn animated series that they've made, if they, if they ever do Gang of Harleys at some point, that would be a cool character in, introduced for the you know equality stakes. So. 
yeah yeah definitely mm. Mm. well i think we've talked about everything we've said we were going to talk about and i i said i was going to make uh, bring this back to wrestling and i have so just bear with me uh we talked all about this evolution of comic book characters and all the changes well same thing has been happening in the professional wrestling world the last five years. You know, women are main eventing shows. You know, obviously the ambit of Ronda Rousey making the transition from MMA to pro wrestling briefly as well. And you know, women are becoming bigger draws than guys. And it's just something that I think shares trajectory with comic books. So that's an also a very cool thing. So there we go. <laughs> I, I told you I'd make the connection eventually. So. <laughs> hey, and I knew who Ronda Rousey was. Well, I think so that's most something. people do, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm trying to be into wrestling, see? <laughs> it's all good. I know it's in a quiet taste. I'm not going to force it on you. Yeah. I've, I've tried forcing it on ex-girlfriends. It never worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the second episode of Storytelling in Spandex. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed it. I am Mitch Adams. That was Rochelle Horton. Thank you very much for joining us.